Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome in to the Boys and Girl Podcast with Cowboys NFL Network reporter Jane Slater and NFL Network producer Bobby Belt. A Cowboys community with the inside scoop on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, coming straight to you from the Lone Star State, here's Jane and Bobby. Well, it's beginning to feel a lot like apathy around here. I know it's Christmas, but that was a rough locker room this week. Uh, On the heels of a loss against the Eagles where all you had to do was win and your postseason was short up. Now, as they've pointed out, they don't control their destiny. They say they're not going to scoreboard watch. Uh, They've just got to handle their business at home against the Redskins. But it just feels flat in there. I'll say right now that I really feel like I I don't feel like they're going to win this game on Sunday. I I don't know that this is there's just such a tired feeling around this whole group right now. And it's like a, a mental fatigue. It's like they're just they've been worn down by. I think failing to live up to the expectations. I was looking at this today. It's insane to me to think that since heading, when we were heading into that Saints game, when we were walking in there up to the press box that day and talking about, you know, Dallas, one of the best teams in the league, and now they're missing Drew Brees. Dallas may come up here four and zero, and then look how many wins are ahead. If you would have told me walking in that day that said, "Hey, from this moment on, this Cowboys team is going to be four and eight over the next thirteen weeks," I would have thought, "No way. There's no chance in hell that this team." wins just like you know a third of their next 12 games they're too good I've which seen is it. wild because when I think back on the Saints season last year remember they lost to the Cowboys in late November yep. and then it felt like they had a hard time getting on track but then they did mm-hmm. and we're one game away from the Super Bowl we're one bad call away from the Super Bowl probably right so your thought was well maybe they'll use this as a setback and write the ship but I thought it was telling um it was this response from response from Dak Prescott when Jory Epstein brought up the point that this team was so strong and a team that you could bank on if they were down in the second half. Here's the question. Here's his answer. Back in your first three seasons, you had four or five fourth quarter comebacks and wins yeah, each season. Y'all don't have sure. any this year. You're 0-8 when trailing at the half. What do you point to and what was working then and what's not working now? Yeah, I mean, if I had those answers, we, that wouldn't be the case. Uh but that's definitely been um, 
been a frustrating part for me. It's something that I enjoy is actually is having the ball in, in my hands at the end of the game and um, giving our team a chance to win and was unable to do it this year. Uh, and that's the biggest frustration part. You go back and look at the past years to this year, one score games or close games, uh, we just didn't get it done this year. And uh, it's very frustrating. Starts with me, starts with uh, this this whole group. What are some of the things that carry across those times you didn't get it done this year? Does it feel like everyone was a different situation? Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone was different. Uh, that's the tough, the tough, tough part about it. There wasn't one thing that we're all that was always making us um, fail. I guess you can say on on getting points, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's one thing here, it's one thing there. Me taking a sack here, just a bunch of different things that can't happen in, in that, that situation in the game when it's that critical. Where have the fourth quarter comebacks been this year? And then his admission that it's different from week to week, why they can't get things together, and maybe that's what's the most frustrating. I think like us here in the media who have tried to do an autopsy on this season, we can't really figure out what the ultimate cause of death is going to be. If they lose this game on Sunday, then I think starting Monday we'll get a clearer idea because I think guys will be more comfortable talking on or off the record about how this season has gone. I mean, you, you'll you occasionally hear whispers or chatter. It's always, you know, third, a person from a person from a person. You'll hear stuff about maybe this hasn't gone exactly right during this year or maybe this relationship isn't so great and, and you hear things like that, but there's nothing really that we can pinpoint or, or put our finger on as to why this seems so broken. And that's the that's the word that keeps coming to mind every time I see this team take the field. And it, there's just a, a, a sense of broken to all of it that didn't exist last year, even when you felt like there were things broken about it, like Scott Linehan or the receiving core or, you know, the fact that Dak wasn't playing at a top level all the time. And even throughout all that, you just felt like, well, that's still a resilient bunch. That's still a, a team with great chemistry. And coming out of camp, I think we all felt like this is a team with great chemistry. And as it's worn on, it's like, you know what, there's there's something wrong here. There's something wrong here that just changing your head coach isn't going to fix. It reminds me of, this is, stay with me on the analogy. Oh, I'm ready for your analogies. I love them. When I graduated college, I got a two-year-old Jetta. Love this Jetta. Black Jetta. I drove it to Denver for my first career, then back here to Dallas. And while it was approaching 100,000 miles, we would go ahead and put new tires on it. We'd put, I think we put a new engine in it at one point. Oh, you, you did know, love that Jetta. <laughs> yeah, you, we literally did everything to keep the Jetta going. And at times you're like, wow, this Jetta is really working. Until one day it didn't. It ended up stalling on the side of the highway and we realized it was time to get a new car. And it feels like for years we've changed coaches here in Dallas. We've changed personnel. We've tried to get this car to continue to work. And at some point you just got to go, you know, I'm going to have to bite the bullet, buy a new car. Do you think, just from your own perspective here, do you think the biggest problem they've run into this year is Jason, that Jason's time has just run out, this this has grown colder or whatever else? Or do you think there is some yet undefined, unknown story we haven't heard that would better explain this that goes past Jason? <sighs> it's so hard to say because, Bobby, I mean, you know, I to mean, your point, we've heard, obviously. Right, to your point, we've heard so many just rumors and conjecture about what's going on in that locker room and things I don't think we should necessarily characterize as um, – being definitive fact. Sure. You know, you have to also weigh in the fact, you know, everybody's got an axe to grind. Maybe they're playing times. You, you just never know, right? Yeah. I haven't been able to really put my finger on any of it. And I can't seem to tie anyone down to give me some sort of sense or idea 
as to what's going on. So in the absence of multiple people confirming one of the theories that's been thrown at me, I don't have an answer for you. And sometimes I don't know if they have an answer. All I know is when you think about all these lofty expectations we had for this team coming out of training camp, heading into the preseason, starting the regular season, that 3-0 and start, this is not where any of us, coaches, players, front office combined, expected this Dallas Cowboys team to be heading into Week 17. Yeah, I think everybody at this point acknowledges that the playoffs are unlikely because regardless of what happens with Dallas, it's just it's tough to see that knowing all the Eagles have to do is beat a, a you know bad Giants team, essentially, or a, a young Giants team, one that's still coming together, uh, one that has a talented core, maybe good into the future when Jason Garrett takes over their team or, or whatever else. But it's hard to see Philadelphia losing on Sunday. I, I have a tough time seeing that regardless wild, of what Dallas does. Which is wild, because when you think of like, the talent they have on this team right now, I mean, it's a mash unit. Mm-hmm. There are literally, guys were dropping like flies on Sunday and I would see them come back in the game and battle. And the way that Carson Wentz was able to galvanize this team full of third and four stringers mm-hmm. uh, to get the win. But I also feel like the giants getting old, old Danny dimes back. who was, <laughs> you know, him and Eli, I might've watched that video about a million times um, in the bar celebrating after their win over the Redskins the week before. I've got to think that they're not going to make it easy on the Eagles. But yeah, to your point, you know, and I also got to tell you, I got off the phone with Adrian Peterson today. He's always one of my, him and Josh Norman are two of my favorite guys in the division to talk to since I'm always here with the Cowboys Um, because they are so candid. They are so honest. Josh Norman, who I had not realized because I've been so myopic on the Cowboys this year, has been benched. And yeah, he's he's not playing so well anymore, but he is a he is a heart and soul guy. Feels like the end of an era, you mm-hmm. know. When you, it felt like when Des left, it's like you're kind of losing a dog in your locker room. But Adrian talked about the roller coaster of the season that they've had, and he kind of laughed when I asked him to characterize it. You know, this is his 13th year in the league; he's seen a lot. What I thought was interesting, he is of course from Palestine. Um, most of his family is of course Cowboys fans. He says they're hoping that he has a good game, but of course they want a Cowboys win. <laughs> he talked about coming in here and being a spoiler. Now, right now they currently sit, they ended the season with this current record. They would pick second in the draft. That would be huge. And then of course, Dwayne Haskins comes back next year following the surgery. He's feeling better. A lot of people have felt like they've played tighter games. You know, they've lost by a touchdown in two of their last three. Their, what, what was their record in the last six weeks? Uh, it's two and four, but I mean, they're, they're not far from being four and two. So I'm looking at this team and, and, you know, I'm asking him, you know, maybe you want to tank. We've talked about team tank around here with the Dallas Mavericks for years. I thought this answer from Adrian Peterson told you everything you needed to know. You know, obviously the, the Cowboys have a dog in this fight. They need Philadelphia to get beat uh, by the Giants. They need a win against you guys. You know, as you guys sit here with nothing in the postseason to play for, what do you play for in this final one? And do you have a preference who wins out in the East? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I think we're playing for just to let people know that, hey, you know, coming into next year, you know, we are a team that you need to, you know, you need to be thinking about. You know, and I feel like this show down here the past six weeks, and, you know, we've lost some close games um, here the past two weeks. And, um, you know, it's kind of like been the story of our, of our season, you know. So, you know, we're just self-motivated because, you know, the type of team that we have, we know the character of the guys, 
there's all, you know, they're on this team and we all want to win. You know, we all, you know, if we get a job, you have to lose because you get the best job pick. Uh, screw that. You know, we got coaches up here fighting for us and trying to have you know, players as well. You know, so just off that alone, not even because of the love that they have for the game, but just off that alone, we're going to go out there and, you know, do what we need to do to, to win this divisional game. Adrian Peterson has always struck me as such a consummate pro. Everywhere he's been. Yep. And, you know, if you look back on his time in Minnesota and how tricky that got, and then we saw him down in New Orleans, who Coach Payton swore to me there was never this violent exchange between the two on those sidelines. It mm-hmm. was just literally Peterson saying, we need to run it down there. <laughs> he's just – what I respect about Adrian is not only does he does he bust his tail on the field, but off the field, such a pro. A little disappointed in Ezekiel Elliott this week. Yeah, Adrian Peterson was the only starting running back we got to talk to this week. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There was a conference call, obviously, because it's a weird week because of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Monday. Zeke stands everyone up, the media, on a conference call. We've got Christmas plans, folks. We've got lives outside of this building. You know, a lot of people say, well, you get paid a lot to do your job. Well, so does Zeke. Zeke got paid a lot this offseason. And, and, and to be fair, to be fair, Jeff Heath was also scheduled. Jeff Heath missed the call, too. So Jeff Heath and Ezekiel Elliott both, both did, but yes. And look, I know this is, always feels like a, a wine session from reporters. They don't owe you anything. That's fine. Yeah. But it comes with a job. It's what you get paid to do. you got to be a professional. You think I love being here the day after Christmas and covering that locker room and this team right now? Yeah. The answer is no. I, I, of course, I want to be doing a million other things. I love my job, and I'm sure Zeke loves his job. But there's an aspect to your job, especially when you've were in 
incapable of locking up this this game against the Eagles the week before, yep. which is there are elements to your job that you've just got to do. And, and that's an element to his job that he has consistently done. We have, The last time I can remember him having either a, I'm not talking or I'm walking away was the very week he came back from suspension and he walked off after like five questions. But he's never just flat out said, I'm not talking. And look, I don't know. I don't know what he's referring to. I'll play this for you. This was his message to us in the media. I had a lovely discussion with him last week. I thought he was great. He talked about how he has never felt this good, that Tony Pollard has been a great addition because even when he's not on the field, that, you know, the playbook doesn't change. That was verbatim, Zeke. I literally have the audio. Mm-hmm. I didn't twist your words. So he must be talking about somebody. I don't know who it was. And I get it. Look, I know I keep bringing this up. The Fitbit thing was exhausting, right? <laughs> the media did manipulate that. I still have people that have reached out to me and have texted me. And of course, I heard it from my entire family over the Christmas holiday. I do want to say that as a joke, I almost bought you a Fitbit I'm for glad Christmas. you didn't. It wouldn't I have didn't. landed well. I know it wouldn't have, so I didn't do it. <laughs> but my point was, is that the way that the media manipulated that, it was as if it happened yesterday. And I'll admit, when you're on one side of the mic, you don't always see their side of it, right? Well, yeah. I have a very keen understanding of it now. Yeah, I, and I, I, get I think it, everybody. Zeke. I think everybody's been pretty fair to Zeke this year. I think the media in Dallas has been incredibly fair to him his entire career. Yeah, and I'll raise my hand and say that I've been one of them as well. I always try to get the other side. You don't want to editorialize, but I'm going to play this here. This is what I'm talking about. If I can give you any advice, Zeke, in your career, you may not want to necessarily hear it from me. That's fine. You got to be a pro. Dak Prescott, I'm sure he doesn't want to talk about the throwing soldier, shoulder. He doesn't want to talk about Jason Garrett's contract. He doesn't want to talk about the fact that his throws were off and that they, this team leads the league in dropped passes. In, in fact, Dak, because he's technically been did not practice the last two days, he doesn't have I don't to. think he's required by the NFL to talk, and he did. He always does. Mm-hmm. My point is, he gets every aspect that comes with putting the star on your helmet And while he hasn't gotten paid yet, in Zeke's case, when you get paid a certain amount of money, whether you like it or not, there is an expectation both in the box score and in in the way you carry yourself. You are now exponentially getting paid more than your peers. And as such, there's added responsibility that comes with it. So Zeke, I would caution you. I get it. The media twist your words. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play these verbatim. So yeah, can I ask you the same question? Are we not? We got to do every week. Then y'all keep pulling me, y'all. They ask me the same question, I give you the same answer twice, but y'all just be working. <laughs> y'all be trying to get me. Y'all gonna phrase it with and in case you didn't understand all of it, you may need to put on headphones to clearly hear it. But what he said there was, so y'all can ask me the same questions y'all do every week. Then ask me the same question. I give you the same answer twice, but y'all just reworded it. Y'all be trying to get me. Y'all going to phrase it for the response y'all want. And then he walked into the shower and he he, he was kind of chuckling throughout it, as you just heard. But it, it was... It was a little uncomfortable for a right. second. But my point is, Zeke, this is a big game. People want to hear from you. The Zeke. identity of this team has long been the run. This team has moved away from it. That doesn't always translate to wins when they've done that, even though they've had the gaudy numbers and they've had the success from the wide receivers. I like you, Zeke. I want to see you succeed. Stuff like that isn't going to help narratives in the offseason, and maybe you don't care now that you have a new contract. But I would just tell you, 
even though you're young. I think there's a lot of guys in that locker room, Jason Witten included, the Zach Martins of the world. They would likely tell you, look, there are just things that come with the job. Mm-hmm. And this week, you're the face of the franchise. Yeah, and this is this is a week when it's the last week of the season. Their playoff hopes are on the line. There's a lot of uncertainty about this organization. There's a lot of people in this organization who have yet to get paid that want to get paid. He's one of them that has, and it's it's a little unfair not, not to stand up and and talk and 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 be you know be a face for you know a, this unified front. They're trying. Jason Witten talked today. I, yeah, Dak Prescott talked today. I think it's sometimes it goes to my point is like Dak does so much around here. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point it's like and and, and the. Zeke's young. How would you feel if you're young? Okay, Dak and Zeke are like the same age, though. And and we don't have these problems with Dak. In fact, there's a, a locker room full of people Zeke's age, and we, we don't always have these same sort of things happen with those people. And like I said, I know this is going to be lost on fans. It's like you sometimes it's like they don't owe you anything. They don't. It's it it's it's more than that. It's, what do their teammates see when they see that? When the leader of the locker is like, I'm not talking to the media. They twist my words. Yeah. And, and the thing is that regardless – Media availability is there. They are required by the NFL to all talk at least once a week. Everybody is. If, if the NFL wants them, they, they need to be made available. And it's it's one of those things where if, if Zeke isn't answering some of these questions that maybe he just doesn't want to answer, that you are going to leave other guys in that locker room who are going to have to answer them. And, and that's where it's – whereas, you know, if you get Zeke's take on something, that may be the end of – whatever need, you know needs to be said about it and and we can walk out and okay we've got Zeke's comments now and instead you're leaving other guys like Jason Witten or Zach Martin or whoever else to stand up there and have to talk about it and this is the same group of guys that answered a lot of questions when he wasn't there for the holdout mm-hmm. so look this is not me coming down too hard on Zeke I'm sure Zeke doesn't care and that's fine mm-hmm. I'm just saying when you've when you're asking a lot of questions about what's wrong with this locker room or what's wrong with this team? Leadership is one of those things we've heard about. Yes. And maybe he was just having a bad week, a bad day. I get it. But this supports that narrative a little bit. It does. And in general, I think that, again, he, he didn't strike me today when he was telling us no. He didn't strike me as pissed off. You know, it just seemed more like something he didn't want to do. So I don't want I'm people to get the I'm just curious who twisted his words. Yeah, that, that's the thing is that it did almost come off like he didn't like something that had been said about one of his quotes recently or something. Because it just seemed like an odd time to trigger it. Because it did feel like, as I said, I think everybody's been pretty fair to him this year. And you, you added his whole career. But I mean... Especially this year, there's a, a lot of chatter that could have been had about where you at, Mr. $90 million. You know, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot being placed on Dak right now as responsibility. And other people, Amari Cooper, oh my gosh, some of the things people were saying about Amari Cooper, those are two guys still waiting to get paid. And, and, and they're under, you know, Dak's getting all this criticism while he's on his rookie deal and still trying to get a contract. And, you know, Zeke has gotten his money, missed all of training camp, was not with that team throughout all of training camp when they were trying to get things together and, and go on this hopeful Super Bowl run. He, he missed all that. He was in Mexico. But and, there, but there's also, that's what's crazy about Zeke is there's also been other ways that he stepped up this year. The way that he's fully embraced Tony Pollard, mm-hmm. coached him up, befriended him. 
recognize that it's not always about your individual stats. Does great in the pass game when he's doing pass protection. He's adding blocks. He's he's when he's he will go out there and he'll block for Tony Pollard sometimes. He literally it, puts his body on the lines. There's so many things that he does right. I guess I'm just I'm falling on the side of Zeke. This has been a good season for you. I feel like this has been a good season for you in the sense of I've seen you step up in the leadership department. I've seen you step up with the younger guys in the locker room. That run game isn't all your fault. The fact that, you know, that's where the play calling has gone this year. But it's like, man, this team needs you right now. And and maybe you don't get that that is sometimes putting on a brave face for the cameras, speaking up for your head coach, speaking up for your quarterback, speaking up for this offense, but it matters. Optics matter 100%. And again, I know this is generally, like you said, it's kind of a losing issue with the fans. Like generally, they're going to just side on, well, they don't have to talk to you, even though they actually do have to. It's part of their agreement as being National Football League players. But I, I know this is an area where there's a bit of a disconnect. But I, I do know that there are players in that locker room generally understand media is part of the job. And so when you're not doing the job, you're, you're not taking part, you're not participating then that is an issue that I think players in that locker room would tell you that how other players handle the media is of importance to them. So you can say it doesn't matter anything else. I, I would bet there are people in that locker room who don't always like the way certain people interact with the media. All right, but as I say all this, then I'm asking myself, all right, all right. Dak Prescott has a legitimate case for this today. Ed Warder asked Dak Prescott this question. This is uh, the last game that Jason has on his contract for the regular season. Do you think of the consequences of of where you guys are and how you got here? No, I think it's the last game on mine as well. Uh, so I'd be damned if I speak on anybody else's future um, or their place. I tweet out the response, and everyone has it's, – it's amazing to me when you put something in print without giving them the full video or the context, where people are going to take it on social media. Oh, yeah. So Dak, of course, said he's – I respect him. He's like, I'm not going to talk about another damn man's future. Just like a lot of his teammates said, I'm not talking about a man's contract. You know, DeMarcus Lawrence essentially said that about... It's what Dak said consistently Dak. during training camp about Zeke. 100%. Okay, right? So that's where he's coming from. I, I appreciate that about the locker room. Mm-hmm. That they don't talk about each other. They also don't gossip to us in the media about each other. There hasn't been one story that's been floated about a player that's not doing things the right way or that's the person that's caused this thing to implode. There's been really no leaks in that respect. I respect that about the no, team. No, in fact, you you referenced last week or two weeks ago that there was a time at one point this season when you were working on a story and a player had said to you, you know... Don't go down that was, road. Yeah, was trying to protect the unity of the locker and trying to... So, yeah, I mean, that's... They're, there's, that's gen, they are a, for the most part, a really media-savvy locker, all right. of them. What I love about Dak is I, I feel like he just answers things very matter-of-factly. He answers all your questions. But by him protecting the integrity of, of his head coach, in other words, I'm not talking about his future. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't want to talk about my boss or my coworker's future, right? Mm-hmm. I get that we have to ask the question. So this is where I can on, honestly see why, there's, why Zeke might get mad at the media. So as I make one argument, I can see the other side here. Dak getting his words twisted and him also saying, I'm also on the lack, last year of mine. That's not him saying he's going to go play for another team, fans. Right. It's just him Don't saying get it twisted. our current contract his situations rookie, are technically yeah, the same. His rookie contract, the Cowboys could decide not to bring him back. They could decide to franchise him. They could stand, They could decide to extend him and give him the extension that he wants. But it's just, it's amazing to me how people completely read that thing wrong. So there yeah. was an example to his boy, 
and his point that sometimes this thing gets twisted. It does. And, and I understand that guys want to be guarded about that. But again, and this is something also that I referenced a couple weeks ago when Randall Cobb had said something post game and I genuinely was looking for clarity and I said something back to him and he, he didn't like the question exactly. And he said, that's, that's not what I said. Don't take it out of context. And, you know, I was like, I wasn't trying to, and I talked to him after the scrum and he was cool about it. He just said he wanted to say with the cameras on, he wanted to be clear. That is not what I said. That's not the context. And there, there are a lot of guys in there that are, are very aware of, of how you present yourself to the media and, and the way it should be done. And I think that's just the thing. It may be an instance where Zeke feels like that's not his strong suit yet, that maybe things come out the wrong way when he says certain things. And he knows there were going to be a lot of questions there today. So he figured that, you know, protecting my teammates or protecting our unity is me not saying things because I'm not savvy enough to answer these type of questions right now. That may be it because there are actually not too far. There are, there are times he had that issue. uh, And I think he was just joking, but he he didn't mean to sound as flippant when he was talking about the Salvation Army thing last year. And he said, I'll pay their little fine. And it sounded really aggressive and probably didn't make people. And I, I think it's just instances like those where it's like, he's just, he he's not always the most, He's not Randall Cobb standing at the locker yet. He's not no. even Dak and, and understanding how to handle the media. And so I think that it, it could just be that he felt like with such an important week, I don't need to say anything. It may, it may have been in a, something that he just looked at himself and said internally, I don't know how to give these answers in a way that will, will be palatable. And I so f- I, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I feel like I made an argument. And then I also feel like I like literally contradicted my argument all in one yeah, segment. Yeah, kind it's of wild. us too. We're doing point counterpoint it's here. It's kind of wild. Uh, for an update on Dak Prescott ahead of this game, you know, he did talk about the fact that, you know, it's his, his approach to this injury this week and the Redskins game is very similar to what they what they saw with the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Didn't see him throw on Wednesday. Didn't see him throw on Thursday. He's going to try and throw on Friday, but he's been really big on the cold therapy heat therapy, alternating it. But I thought this question was, Ed Werder was on one today. <laughs> Shout out to Ed Werder, ESPN. He asked him about the way he was, I had asked it a lot more delicately and the response was cold, hot therapy. Well, then Ed just went in and asked this. Did you want to take a painkilling injection before the game last week and again at halftime? I did what was necessary. <laughs> so... Essentially, yes. For all of those wondering, he is getting a pregame little boost. Um, and it sounds like he even got one during the half against the Eagles. So, look, he's obviously battling pain. He's battling through this one. Um, but he also told me no added protection ahead of this game. Yeah, and uh, he, he didn't play his best game on, against the Eagles. He started out a little better, but then they had the drops and they had some other issues. I, I wonder if some of because we had discussed this actually when we came in here on Monday, I wonder if some of the shoulder and some of the issues he's feeling right there has caused him to slip a little bit mechanically. Because we did notice like the footwork didn't look like it had earlier in the season. You looked at the Eagles game, specifically the one where he overthrew Amari Cooper. He kind of whipped his back leg out like he used to, which is something he's talked about this year is this is something that John Kitten fixed. And so when you talk about, well, how much can this possibly be affecting him? Well, if he's not out there getting the, pra- getting the practice reps, you know, doing those things over and over again to make them second nature, you can potentially start seeing, and I'm not saying for sure that's what it is, but you can potentially start seeing changes that he's made this year slipping a little bit and falling back into bad habits because he's not there during the practice week, not able to do some of those things. So important for him to practice. And if they want to keep their season going, they're, they're going to need him to step up on Sunday against the Redskins. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. 
Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Well, we are now joined by uh, one of my favorite beat people across the entire country, J.P. Finley. Uh, He covers the Redskins as Redskins Insider for NBC Sports Washington. He is also host of the Redskins Talk podcast, uh, which for a long time he co-hosted with, uh, if you are a cross-listener to Cowboys cast, our friend uh, Rich Tandler over there. J.P., you can follow him on Twitter at J.P. Finley NBCS. J.P., how you doing, man? I am doing great. Merry Christmas to you guys, and uh, ready, ready to get to Jerry World. I always love coming down there. Yeah, we get the we get the post game beer, and uh, I'm sure all of us here in Dallas are going to need it after what's been a pretty tough season. But you know, the last time the Cowboys saw the Redskins, they uh, played one of their better defensive games of the year. In fact, I think that's still the fewest yards they've allowed to anybody was against the Redskins in Week Two. A uh, lot of changes. Uh, Jay Gruden obviously out now. Um, and and, and more of a focus, it feels like, on letting Adrian Peterson be Adrian Peterson than when Jay, when Jay Gruden had been there. So I guess just talk about where the Redskins are at right now um, and, and what this future looks like. Bill Callahan, of course, is interim head coach. Any chance he's there for the long term? Or, or what stage, what season of change are the Redskins in currently heading into this final week? Yeah, well, it, it's... It's funny, and I know Dallas fans are up in arms, and it's certainly been a tough season down there with the hot start and how things have, have gone. But for you guys to say it's been a tough season, you should come <laughs> hang out in Ashburn, Virginia for a little while. Um, it is a train wreck here, frankly. Uh, Gruden was fired after week five. Bill Callahan, who Cowboys fans know well, has taken over as interim head coach, and the players hated it at first. And Callahan kind of broke through with them. There's a, uh, it, it's pretty widely reported up here now. Uh, before they played the Lions, which I think was their week, uh, week 11 game, Thanksgiving week, um, 
they had just got blown out by the Jets at home, and nobody should get blown out by the Jets. <laughs> and they, um, Callahan had a team meeting, and he lit into these guys and said some, some pretty raw, real things to, to a number of players. And this team has largely responded since that moment. And, um, you know, the record still stinks. They're going to finish the year probably 3-13. and 13. I think Dallas is going to win because the Skins have just a decimated secondary. But they've been playing hard, and, and they've got young players that are starting to develop. And it, in a lost season, all you really want to be able to do is point towards some reason for hope, you know, for the future. And I think at quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, you know, his last two games, it seemed like the light went on, and, and he was showing off the big arm and all the things he did at Ohio State. He won't be playing Sunday because he, he hurt his ankle against the Giants. Um, but I, I think there's a, Terry McLaurin is just a stud. I mean, he is a legit number one receiver in the NFL. I don't know that he's going to play on Sunday either. He, he got a concussion. But there are, there are some building blocks for this team for the future. The biggest question, though, is the, it's kind of beyond Bill Callahan. Because Callahan's been on the interim tag the whole time. I, expect, I, I don't expect him to keep the job. Even though he's been admirable in a tough spot, the big question up here, though, is the front office. What are they going to do with Bruce Allen? Redskins fans absolutely hate Bruce Allen. Um, it, you guys, you, you'll get a kick out of it. So Bruce Allen's a team president. He's been here a decade. They've had no playoff wins, and they just—he just notched his 100th loss as a Redskins executive. <laughs> um, but seriously, check out like the official Redskins Twitter page. You know, at Redskins. Any of their tweets, look below it, and it's just every Redskins fan responds with hashtag fire Bruce Allen. And like every Sunday in D.C., that hashtag starts trending. It, it's, a, it's an ugly situation that myself and others have reported is you know, as close to his actual removal as it's ever been. But what I've been saying, I mean, that guy, he could dodge bullets. So until it is officially done, you never know what's going to happen. He's like the Teflon GM. I mean, we're sort of dealing with that with the coach in Dallas, Jason Garrett. And I got to tell you, it just the mood here feels very flat ahead of what is an all-important final opportunity for the Cowboys to get in the playoffs, JP. When I look at that offense and Adrian Peterson, he and I had a fascinating conversation earlier today about how he started this the season riding the bench and then was sporadic four games after that, and then Jay left, and then he all of a sudden finds himself uh, in a starring role once again in this offense, and now he's 180 yards shy of his 10th 1,000-yard season. What have you seen from Adrian Peterson, and is that going to be the key to this game, Is especially with how the Cowboys have got this decimated run defense right now? Do you put the ball in his hands? Oh, yeah. I, I'd expect him to get a lot of carries. Um, it, it, honestly, on, on a personal level, getting to cover and getting to know AP is is one of like the highlights of my career. I mean, that guy, to me, of running backs I've seen, is probably the best I've ever seen. Maybe Ladanian. Uh, you know, I was a kid for Barry and Emmett. Like, I didn't really, you know, get to watch them like I'm watching now. Um, and you talk to them. I mean, he's such a Great guy, he's insightful and, and respectful of his place in history. Um, honestly, I think when Gruden made Peterson inactive week one in Philly, 
I really think that was one of kind of the it, – it, it wasn't the final straw for Snyder to fire him because it didn't happen for another month. But that was very, very fresh in Dan's mind when that happened. When you look at – you mentioned Adrian Peterson likely to carry the rock a lot on Sunday, and Terry McLaurin is kind of iffy with that concussion. And McLaurin is definitely a, a, a stud. He's a star, a, you know, a budding star that a lot of people are really excited about, especially how he's come on recently. Um, what kind of passing game options are they going to have with no Dwayne Haskins and potentially no Terry McLaurin? They got a young, another rookie, an undrafted rookie out of Kansas. Not exactly a, a football powerhouse, but this kid, Steven Sims, has wheels, man. He is really fast, uh, a really good slot player. Um, he had two touchdowns last week. I, I think Sim, Sims has gotten, I want to say, more than 20 targets in the last two games. Um, he and Dwayne were really developing a, a good, a good connection. And, and I think Keenum will look to him as well. Keenum will start this week. Um, so Sims is a guy that you know not many people have heard of, but like if you're a if you're looking at in a in a daily fantasy league, I would get Steve Sims in your lineup. He's going to get a lot of looks. They have another rookie wideout, Kelvin Harmon, who's been solid. He's he's made a couple spectacular catches, but doesn't have any like real big games to point to. I, I think he, he I think he'll get a lot of action on Sunday if Terry doesn't play. Um, that's that's kind of it. I mean, there's other. Cam Sims and I mean there are other names, but of the of the players of note, it'd be those two. And you know, Chris Thompson has been a mainstay for the Redskins for for years. I mean, he, he goes back to when Shanahan was here, and uh, this will probably be his last game in a Redskins uniform, is my guess. They like to get him involved in the screen game and catching passes out of the backfield. And you know, like like Jane mentioned, I think AP has been such a big part of the offense this year that. He's been, he's been catching a bunch of passes. The last three or four games, he's been getting plenty of looks out the backfield. So I, I think they'll have to try to generate their offense creatively without McLaurin. And, and Terry might play, but you know it's Thursday and he's still in concussion protocol, so I don't know how good that looks for him playing. Um, but I, I think you're going to see a lot of running the football. AP's going to get his chances. I don't, I don't know if he can get 180 and get to 1,000, but I think they'll give him the opportunity. And then I think, watch for Steven Sims. He'll probably turn a few heads. So I was fascinated to see this, too, with the Cowboys. You know, they've got all these talented wide receivers in Randall Cobb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and they lead, the, they lead the league in dropped passes. Now, of course, some of that is because they're simply throwing the ball more. But Amari Cooper has been a little off lately, although at home, uh, he's, you know, he's actually had success. It's on the road that we've seen some pretty disparaging stats. So given that they're going to need not only the run game for the Cowboys to get going, but this passing game, I was disappointed to hear, because I've been so focused on the Cowboys this season, one of my favorite corners in the league uh, has been playing much, Josh Norman. What's been going on with Norman? Are we going to see him at all this weekend? The Norman situation is bizarre, honestly. It is, uh, it's been odd, and, and you know I've covered Josh four seasons now. You get to know him a little, like, I'm not going to say I feel bad for a pro athlete that's made, you know, 50 million bucks in his career or whatever, but it, I, I think what they're doing to him is, is is really pretty, I don't know what words I'm allowed to say here, but I don't think it's very nice. I'll say really? that. Um, basically, the the understanding, and no one has, 
this has not been confirmed by anybody, but basically Norman gets a roster bonus every game he's active. So they're not playing him at all. I mean, they're signing guys off the street. This week they had to sign two more guys off practice squad. They're going to come in this week, and they'll start in Jerry World on Sunday going up against Gallup and Cooper so they can keep Norman on the bench. See, that is fascinating to me, JB. I'm glad that you're here to to answer this for me because when I reached out, as I always do when I cover both sides of the game on Sunday, of course I wanted Josh Norman. He's one of my favorites that I've interviewed uh, on an opposing NFC team. And when they told me that he wasn't doing media and he, quite frankly, hasn't been playing, I didn't get a lot of good answers on it. And so I've been curious to that point because I started asking, well, well, who do you guys got? And, of course, no offense to these up-and-coming guys, I didn't know enough about them to think that anything they would add would give me value on game day. Well, you, you're right. Because they just signed them on Tuesday. They signed them on Christmas Eve. Tell me I about mean, the locker room added- culture. <laughs> the, the Norman thing specifically, so, so there's kind of this working theory up here that they've benched Norman completely, but they've kind of bought his silence in a way because uh, you know Josh. He's usually a fairly outspoken, insightful, um, you know, he usually has plenty to say. Very. And he hasn't talked at all on this. And, and the, the theory is, okay, he's getting his game checks, and they're, in turn, He's not going to bash the organization. I, I, I don't oh, that know. Doesn't that's feel like a Norman move. That doesn't. Does that feel I, like Norman to you? No, it doesn't. And frankly, thirty grand to a guy with a fifteen million dollars contract <laughs> probably isn't worth it. I feel like he's um, the type of guy you but, can't buy. But maybe that's maybe I've got him right I, wrong. I think no. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. It. it it's shocking. It, it's important to point out a couple things though. Norman was not playing well at all mm-hmm. earlier this year. Agreed. So. So benching him, and, and when they were healthy, they had. So Quentin Dunbar is a good player. Quentin Dunbar is, is a good young cornerback. So yep. Dunbar's starting. And then they had two other guys, Fabian Moreau, who has been playing the slot for them, but is really best suited to play on the outside. Just the way he runs and he's got long arms, like he's, he's, a, he's an outside corner. And then they have this young kid, Jimmy Moreland, who was a seventh round rookie out of James Madison, who can play. And he was making plays for them. But he is only a slot corner. That, that is the right spot for him. So to bench Norman and to go with Moreau and Moreland as part of kind of this youth movement, as much as it's a tough pill to swallow, kind of makes sense. You, you, you understand that. Because Norman's not playing well. He's, he has a year left on his deal, but I'd be shocked if the Redskins don't release him. They can get a $12 million cap savings if they do. Um, so the youth movement thing makes sense. Well, then what happened is all of those guys I mentioned are now hurt. Dunbar and Moreland are on IR. Moreau is very questionable. He's missed a few games. And you and, still and, don't go to Norman. They're, they're signing guys off the streets to play ahead of Josh. And That's wild. It's crazy. But then against the Eagles two weeks ago, Norman finally, and because everybody got hurt, they had to play him. And then he gets beat for the game for the game-winning <laughs> touchdown. Carson Wentz finds. Uh, uh, you know the, Reaver, the Eagles receiver situation. I haven't heard of any of those guys either. But Carson Wentz found um, Greg Ward in the back of the end zone, and Norman was just a just a hair slow in coverage. So it's it's been a it's been a bad year for Norman, and I think he will look forward to 
a fresh start somewhere else next year. Well, JP, you know, maybe uh, the the Redskins saw how much success the Eagles had with guys off the street beating the Cowboys last week, and so uh, they, they think they'll give that a try. Uh, JP Fidley does great work covering the Redskins. If you're looking for somebody to uh, fill you in on the enemy on your social media accounts, you should give him a follow at JP Finley NBCS. Finley is spelled with an A, by the way, not an E. Uh, JP, we appreciate you, man. Thank you, guys. Uh, hopefully I'll see you on Sunday. We'll have a uh one of Jerry's beers after the game. Yeah, sounds good. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkouts not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You know, it is Thursday, Bobby, so I kind of want to do a throwback here. Yes. It fits. It's Throwback Thursday, and it will air on Flashback Friday, so we're good. My favorite interview was with a one Des Bryant, number 88, after that game here at AT AT&T Stadium. Oh, this was such good content. I miss this. All right, Des, a lot of emotional talking between you and Josh Norman after the game. What was said? I won't say say emotional on my end. I'm going to say emotional on his end, because I was perfectly fine. I was just wearing his out the whole night. That's what I was doing, you know, and I enjoyed it, and um, Washington need to get their money back. I know you guys have had a work approach, but go ahead. You're going to celebrate this for just a little bit, right? Of course. Not just a little bit. I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to celebrate it good. You know, all, all through the week, um, I'm celebrating this win, especially, you know, I just want to expose Josh Norman, so I'm going to put um, film out on him, you know, how I did him, you know, throughout the game. Well, let's hope that the Cowboys wear the Redskins out in this one, or... We're going to be talking on our next podcast. Are they going to fire Jason? Are they just going to let him quietly go? When does the coaching start? (laughs) The the coaching search start? Who are they going to be looking for? We keep talking about Urban Meyer, still the one that's garnered the most interest. Jason Garrett saying that he's not thinking about his future. Um, 
but he'll be thinking about his future then. Yeah, he absolutely will. We'll all be thinking about his future and the futures of a lot of people. It's it's going to be an eventful off season, and it's, it's my future living here at the store. It's kind of funny to think. Like, I mean, it, it's it seems like it's been a year, and it seems like it's been like two weeks that the season's been going on. But yeah, it's it's a little odd to think we may be just a few days away from this season mercifully coming to a close. It, it, but it, it, you need to pull the plug. It's it's so it, there's so much broken here. There there are changes that you have to make. And, and uh, Bobby, I was buying in. I started drinking the Kool Aid again. You did. It was that it was that blue Kool Aid. I started drinking it. I thought that they were going to. You know, I thought it was going to be the Jerry Jones Midas touch. So are you not saying prepare for the possibility anymore? Nah. No, it no felt, more possibility. It, it, today, it felt irrevocably broken It, fe- it, fe- it felt really, it, it did feel kind of sad in there. But, you know, through all the changes, whatever happens, we'll, we'll be here throughout the offseason to talk yes, about we them. Will. We'll, we'll be here to record them on our friendly Roadcaster Pro, which if you're looking for something to record your podcast on, you can do that. But that's what we'll be doing this offseason. We will be, uh, I imagine, pretty much tied here all spring. Can't wait. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.